Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I love my mum. My mum taught me many, many things and I'm sure many of you can relate to this. My mum taught me about foresight. She would say, you make sure you wear clean underwear in case you have an accident. Mothers teach us about logic. They often say, if you fall out of that tree and break your neck, don't you come crying to me. Please respond because I don't want to think I'm the only person who had this kind of treatment from my mum. Mothers teach us about maturity. Eat your vegetables or you'll never grow up. This one, I think all of us can relate to. Mums teach us about religion. Boy, you better pray that comes out of the carpet. (laughs) Dan McGaw's laughing on the front row. He knows what I'm talking about. Mothers teach us about time travel. If you don't straighten up, boy, I'll knock you into the middle of next week. (laughs) Mothers teach us about contradictions. Shut your mouth and eat your dinner. Do you ever remember doing that as a kid when your mum was in mid-flight and you'd be like, not good, not good. That's where that other saying comes. Mothers teach us about contortionism. Will you look at the dirt on the back of your neck? Mothers teach us about perseverance. You're going to sit here until you eat every last piece of your broccoli. And good mums would put that broccoli in the fridge and bring it out in the morning (laughs) and make you eat it for breakfast. And if you didn't eat it for breakfast, you'd go back in the fridge and bring it out at lunch. Because waste not, want not. That's what we were taught. Mothers teach us about genetics. You're just like your father. (laughs) Mothers teach us about the weather. It looks like a tornado swept through your room, boy. And mothers teach us about the circle of life. I brought you into this world and by God, I can take you out. Anyone have a mother like that? Anyone, is that mother? Yes, I am. Leanne's sitting there, 11 out of 11. Yes, sir, that's me. Uh, She's never got full marks in anything before, but that's that's a good list. Well, there's a lot of awesome mums in this room, and and I want to share a message to all of our awesome mums. But hopefully it's a message that we can all take something from. Every time I share a Mother's Day message or a Father's Day message or any type of message like this, I want it to be something that we can all take away. And I've gone to a passage of Scripture that at first may sound a little bit obscure, or maybe inappropriate, but bear with me and I trust you'll all get something from this this morning. I'll pray and then we'll read. And then we're going to see some babies dedicated this morning. Father, I just want to thank you for your incredible goodness and kindness and grace to each and every one of us. Thank you for every mum in this place and I pray that you bless every mum in this place. We pray that you bless the Word. We pray that you give us ears to hear and that all of us will get something from the message today. And I ask that in Jesus' mighty name. 
And everyone said, One Kings. One Kings is a book found in the Old Testament. One Kings. And I want to read from verse 16 of chapter 3. It says this, the very next thing, get this, two prostitutes showed up before the king. One woman said, my master, this woman and I live in the same house. While we were living together, I had a baby. Three days after I gave birth, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There wasn't anyone else in the house except the two of us. Before I read on, I just want to stop there and say, hey, just because I've mentioned two women who had a certain vocation that many may not approve of, can I just say, let's put our judgmental hats to one side for a moment, because I believe this message is in the, or this passage of Scripture is in the Bible for us to learn something from. You know, I think so often we don't learn the lessons in life we should learn because we get very judgmental way too soon. You know, you can see a single mum and think, oh, I wonder why she's a single mum. In actual fact, single mums, married mums, uh, women that aren't mums, we all have a story. We all have a journey. We, we don't know why. The Bible doesn't tell us why they were doing this. We just know that they found themselves in a situation and there's many people in this room today that have found yourself in a situation and maybe it's a less than ideal situation. So can we just extend grace to this story right now so that we can all learn something from it? I'd really appreciate that. It goes on to say, the infant son of this woman died one night when she rolled over on him in her sleep. She got up in the middle of the night and took my son. I was sound asleep, mind you, and put him at my, her breast and he put, uh, she put the dead son at my breast. When I got up in the morning to nurse my son, he was this dead baby. But when I looked at him in the morning light, I saw immediately that it wasn't my baby. Not so, the other woman said. The living one is mine, the dead one's yours. The first woman counted, no, your son's a dead one, mine's a living one. They, this went back and forth, this way in front of the king. The king said, what are we to do? This woman says, the living son is mine and the dead one is yours. And this woman says, no, the dead one's yours and the living one is mine. After a moment, the king said, bring me a sword. They brought the sword to the king and he said, cut the living baby in two, give half to one and half to the other. The real mother of the living baby was overcome with emotion for her son and said, oh no, master, give her the whole baby alive. Don't kill him. But the other said, if I can't have him, you can't have him. Cut away. The king gave this decision. Give the living baby to the first woman. Nobody's going to kill the baby for she is the real mother. The title of my message today is Real Mums. Real Mums. I, and I trust again that there's something from this that we can all draw from. The dads in this place, the mums in this place, the sons, the daughters in this place, the singles and the marrieds alike can draw from this particular message today. I, I, I call it Real Mums because in this church, being real is one of our values as a church. I, I didn't say perfect mums. We're not here to be perfect dads. We're not here to be perfect sons and perfect daughters. We're talking about being real. And I say that because life happens. In this life, stuff happens. And that's the Christian version of the other way of saying it. Stuff happens in this life. 
In actual fact, three years to this day, I wasn't on this stage. I was in hospital fighting for my life and my wife was left to lead this particular service on Mother's Day and she did an incredible job not only leading the service, but she did an incredible job preaching and she preached on Happy Mother's Day and she used the word happy as an acronym. And it's an amazing preach, made more amazing because of the circumstances in which she was preaching that message. She was not only preaching to everyone out there, she was preaching to herself in that moment. And I say that because life happens. The best laid plans of mice and men don't always come to pass. This is not an Instagram world. Instagram or social media are highlighted and uh, uh, filtered events of our lives. Have you, have you noticed that? You can get quite depressed looking at social media because of what everyone else has and, and the holidays that they are going on and the cars that they are driving and they always look so happy. That's the Instagram world, but it's not the real world. Wouldn't it be cool to see on Instagram, ah, today was just an average day <laughs> with an average face, not smiling, not sad, just... just <laughs> But you don't see those kind of things on, on, on social media. And that's why I want to speak about real mums, because why real mums face real problems. In this story that we've read, there are two women with two newborn babies in the same house. I want you to think about that. Two women with two brand newborn babies living in the same house. It's only a matter of time before you have a problem. Put two people in the same house. That could be a husband and wife. You throw a few babies in the mix and I tell you pretty soon, you get a few nights where you're sleep deprived. You get a little bit hungry and pretty soon the harmonious, joyous occasions get forgotten because of the very real moments that life throw our way. And this particular young woman, coupled with the other young woman, did indeed had a problem and they had a massive problem. One woman had the problem of waking up to a dead child. And I've never experienced that personally. And I can't even imagine the trauma and the pain that that woman would have been experiencing in that moment. As a church, we've just walked through that because that's, that very story has happened to a family in our church in the last couple of weeks. This is very real for us as a church. It happens. And so you've got this woman who's just woken up distraught. And she devises a plan because of her pain to swap the children. And then in the morning, the other woman wakes up and she realises that this child is not hers, but her child has actually been stolen. So you've got two women. One's lost a child and the other's had a child stolen. This is an incredible problem. And all of us in life face problems. But you know what I've learnt? Depending on how we deal with the problems, depending on how bad it gets. See, if we deal with the problem correctly, the problem is lessened. But if we don't deal with problems correctly, they turn into an argument. And that's what we see taking place. These two women now are arguing because the problem wasn't dealt with properly in the first place. And if the problem is not dealt with properly, it turns into an argument. 
And if the argument's not sorted out, it turns into an issue. And this became a massive issue in the lives of these women. But this is what I've also learned about issues. Issues are often not the issue. You know, many of us talk about our problems and we talk about our issues. But if we're honest, our issues are very seldom the actual issue. Granted, this woman did something that was very sneaky, sinister and, and wrong. To, to, to steal someone else's child and act as if it's your own. I mean, that's not good. That's wrong. I get it. I'm not here to justify the action. But that's not the issue. The real issue is you've got a grieving mother who's lost her child and has just acted in the most ridiculous way because of the pain, because of the grief. The issue is not that she's a thief. The issue is that she's a grieving mum. The issue is seldom the issue. And I know for all the mums out there, you're going to have problems, as are all the dads, as are all the sons and daughters. And if we don't deal with these problems correctly, they'll turn into an argument and that argument will turn into an issue and then we'll be fighting about something that's not really the issue. And many families have fragmented over the years because of this very moment. There's a lot we can learn from the Scriptures this morning. The first one is this, that real mums face real problems. Secondly, real mums seek real solutions. Real mums seek real solutions. I love the fact that these women went to the king. They went to a higher authority in order to get a solution to their problems. And interestingly enough, this was prompted by the real mother, which I think is an interesting thought. And to all the mums out there, I want to say this, you're not alone. You don't have to do life alone. I don't care how maternal you are. We all have our limits. I know there are some single people there. There are some newly married couples there and you haven't had kids. And right now you are the world's best parents because you haven't made any mistakes. And you've got this ideal list of what a perfect mother should do. And we know you frown upon us. We know you look at our kids and you just look down your nose at our kids because they're not perfect. And, and, and to you, we say this, wait till you have kids. <laughs> because I don't care who you are. I don't care how maternal you are. I don't care what your best advice is. We all have our limits. And that's not a bad thing. I think it's part of God's plan that we would not do life alone, that we would draw off the wisdom and draw off the experience of one another. And that's why I love church and I love this church because there are great mums in this place. There are great dads in this place. We have grandmums and we have granddads who can help us in our pain, who can help us in our problems so that our problems don't become arguments and become an issue, but that we can sort it out because real mums seek Solutions. Sydney J. Harris said this that real mothers are not perfect because they usually start out young. The commonest fallacy amongst women is that simply having children makes one a mother, which is, an absurd, is, as, is as absurd as believing that having a piano makes you a musician. You know, when, when, you, when you give birth to a child, there's no manual that comes with it. I know there's a lot of well intentioned books out there, but no one in the world has given birth to your child and I've had the pleasure and the privilege of being at the birth of all three of our children 
I say the, bir- uh, the privilege, the biggest privilege is the fact that I'm a man at that moment. I mean, <laughs> mums are amazing. I mean, seriously. Come on, let's put our hands together for mums. I-, I don't know whoever said being at the birth of your children is beautiful. That's a lie. It's not beautiful. It- it- it's freaky. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's mind-blowing. I don't know about beautiful, but, but it- it's... It's just amazing. And, and I had the privilege of being there and, and cutting the umbilical cord with blunt scissors. Like, come on, that, that thing is like tough, man. It's like, just, 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 it's like. But same mum, same dad, same birthing process, three kids, also different. Also, there's no one manual. There's not one book that has all the exact answers for every one of your children. And just, and just when you think you're getting it right, just, you're just getting it right with number one, you're just getting it right. You look at your wife, she has a glint in her eye, she says, let's have another one. Okay. And then some of us in this room are crazy, we don't stop at two, we decide to have a third one. And, and some of you are even crazier than that, you have number four and five and six. I don't know, maybe there's an advancement on that, but, but I'm sure you'd agree all, all the kids are different. Our youngest came a little bit later than the other two. We had two fairly close together. Then, then we had number three, and, and uh, you know, she was six, youngers, uh, six years younger than our, our second child. And, and uh, our, our two oldest kids are convinced that our youngest one is our favourite. In actual fact, our youngest one is convinced she's the favourite. Everyone thinks she's the favourite. And I don't know if that's true. I think what it, what's really going on is that our two oldest ones wore us out. And so we just let the youngest one have whatever she wants because we just, she's not our favourite, we're just tired. Any mums, dads out there resonate with that? Hey, there's help out there. Not only do we have this opportunity to gather like this as a church, but we have small groups, we have courses, we have something that can help you in your stage of life. We have a play group and I I love it that uh, midweek our mums get together and they get teaching on how to uh, help with any particular problems that we have. I love the local church and I love the help that it provides. It's amazing. I would say this when it comes to wisdom, seek wisdom, not revenge. And I love the fact that, that these two women came to Solomon, who is known for his wisdom. You see, I think one of the biggest mistakes we make is not that we have the right or the wrong conversation. I think most of us have the right conversation. The trouble is we have the right conversation with the wrong people. And when you have the right conversation with the wrong people, you can't get the help you need. These women had the right conversation, but they went to the right person who was able to help them. He was a higher authority. And so I would say, who's in your world that can help you make good, godly decisions? Real mums seek real solutions. And number three, real mums model real love. King Solomon, in all his wisdom, he, he responds with some crazy notion to get a sword and to cut the living baby in two. And the real mum said, no, don't harm the child. You see, the response of the real mum highlighted 
who was in fact the real mother. The other woman in a pain and a confusion says, "Ah, cut it in two. Two different responses. But the response of the real mother made it apparent as to who was really loving. In other words, love is that ability to let go. This, this mother decided in her heart, it's far better that I let the child go, that I let this child be placed in the hands of another yeah. other than destroy him of his future. Yeah. I, I, I want to say, and I know it's difficult in the complexities of life, but what we learn from this woman's life is that real love isn't possessive, Real love doesn't just live for the present, but it sees into the future and makes decisions today to give the next generation a hope and a future. Can I say, let's not be selfish because of our present realities and our present pain, and in so doing, kill the hope and the future of our children. Many of you in this room that know me, I know there's... A few here that do not. But you know my story. We grew up in a home where mum and dad lived in a loveless marriage. But this is what I'm so grateful for, my mum and dad, that they chose to stay together. Why? Because they saw a future for their three boys. And my two brothers aren't up here this morning to be able to vouch for this, but I know they would vouch with me and say that they're so glad that mum and dad were able to put their differences aside that they just didn't cut our family in two, that they kept us together in order to give us a future. Now, I know as I say that, there are some of you here who have experienced that pain of divorce and separation, and I'm not here to bring any ounce of condemnation. We're here to talk about our future. And maybe you're on marriage number two. Maybe you're even on marriage number three. I trust that with this message today, it wouldn't be bringing, about bringing the pain of the past up, but it would be about bringing the hope of the future. Yeah, and that we could begin to learn from this real mum's response and make our present and our future brighter than our past. This I know, we all face problems and there is one wiser than Solomon who can help us. And he laid down his life for us. He was willing to take the hit for us. And his name is Jesus. He looked at humanity and, and, and saw the brokenness, saw the pain and, and saw the hurt, saw the frustration and saw the confusion. And so out of an incredible act of love, he left heaven and came to planet Earth. And you see, that moment right there is what separates Christianity from every other religion on the planet. Every other religion is about us doing something good to earn favour with God. Christianity will have nothing to do with that. Christianity is about God seeing our pain and coming to us to help us where we could not help ourselves. He went on the cross, died for our sin. You see, all of us in this room have sinned, the Bible says, and fallen short of the glory of God. That means we've fallen short of His holy standard. 
You say, you don't agree with that. Well, let's be honest. We don't even measure up to our own standards, let alone God's holy standard. And because of this sin in our lives, it was worthy of the death penalty. And so it was Jesus who took the death penalty away from us by going to the cross, laying down his life, rising again on the third day, proving he was who he said he was, and giving us the opportunity to have a new life in him. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 